I've been popping since my demo. Sean Anderson, as well as Jake Fire. How you doing? How you doing, Sean? Dude, this bed is so loud in my ears right now. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be edited in post. And okay. hello, everybody. Welcome back to Get to the Point. We're taking your calls at 617. Not going to say the rest of the number because it's not the right number of the show. Yeah. We should get a phone line, even though that's not really realistic. But Joe, I'm gonna Homer Simpson you. I've been advocating for the phone line. For <laughs> no, like, but okay, but let's re- the genesis of this. Yeah, but let's be real though. Is how do we get one plugged in? And the show is brought to you by Kingston Pizza. Buy one pizza, get another small one for free. Again what's with the, the free uh, marketing, Jake, Jake Fire coming in here throwing away some free marketing. Kingston Pizza <laughs> is trash. It doesn't even uh, bring the ranch. No, honestly, the time. Roadhouse. Roadhouse is my easily Roadhouse. best calzone. Best appetizers. They, they their Stop. fried pickles are very good. Kingston Pizza, best boneless buff chick in the land. You're mm. welcome, Kingston Pizza. You're a child. Roadhouse also has very Bo- good boneless wings. buffalo chicken wings or chicken nuggets. That's that's what you're advocating. <laughs> yeah, All right. I don't. Where'd, I don't where'd see you it. go to, Sean? You're a. Ch- I, I haven't found a good wing spot in Rhode Island. My go-to spot on campus, Roadhouse. What about you? Where? What say you? For what? Just any like what do you mean go-to spot. You like just you're ask really me, I give really you hungry. Go You've got. $30 that you can spend all of it on just like a random number there. Where are you going? First choice. Uh, people people sleep on it. Albies. Uh, I, I give you that. Very I, I think people high do quality sleep on Albies. Albies is good. Food. It is good. I just give Roadhouse just a slight edge above Albies. That's the way that I look at the it. The fried pickles. It honestly is the fried pickles. And for those of you that have no clue what we're talking about, there's a food area by the top of campus. <laughs> so come to Rhode Island and get, get some get some good food. Yeah, well, it's it's our our treat. If you actually take it's, us up on that offer, I average. will pay for your food. It's average food. It's, Don't yeah. come. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Well, there's plenty to talk about, especially considering we have the culmination of the NFL season finally this weekend, this Sunday. We get to see the arguably two of the best teams on either side facing off. Now, if they earned their way, people want to say that either team might not have earned their way, but they are here, they're competing, they're fighting, and all the hard work that they put in during OTAs, during training camp, during the preseason, during the regular season, all the film that they watched, all those extra reps that they put in, finally comes down to this one moment and the Rams and the Saints will be fighting to claim themselves as world champions. <laughs> what? Take a breather, buddy. I, 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 you want us to start it off here? You, you well, sound a little winded. I don't sound winded, but we're going to be taking a <laughs> game plan breakdown Wait, whoa, on whoa. how each team should Is approach. it just me, or did you just say Rams and Saints? Did I say Saints? Damn it, I did it again. <laughs> Wait, did I? Yeah. Did I say Saints? Almost I, I was focusing on your breathing positive. techniques. <laughs> Okay, well, Rams and Patriots, my fault. We're still here. We're still here. We're still here. All right, we're going to be taking a look at the game plans for both teams, the Rams and the Patriots. We're going to start with Sean. Sean, what is your game plan for the Rams on both sides of the football if they want to win? 
it's cliche to say this, but the Rams have to be able to get to Tom Brady and try to get pressure on him the best that they can. It's been the only reason that he's lost to the Giants both times is they were able to get to him and pressure him and get sacks up the middle. It's the reason Atlanta was able to get such a big lead because they were pressuring him. Even though they lost, I get it. Fire, bite your tongue. 22-3. And then (laughs) – it's the wrong score you just said also. And then – Nope, it was 22-3. You said 28. That's what I said. The the word is eight. What did I say, You said 28-3. Oh, yeah. I heard 20-3. You can go, mmm. Okay. (laughs) And then, secondly, you just don't give Tom Brady a shot in the fourth quarter. If you – can with all your might hold them try to get as many points as you can until I, I'd give you 730 in the fourth quarter try to lock it up by then because after that he's going to go and he's going to make you pay and he's going to start scoring again he's good for two touchdowns in the fourth easy easy but um I'd say the Rams game plan you got to stop the run I mean the past couple of weeks the uh, Pats O-line has been looking monstrous Tom Brady hasn't even getting touched and uh, last week against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, the Pats had four rushing touchdowns with uh, 177 rushing yards of the day. And so that offensive line has been rolling, and I know the Rams' defensive line is arguably the best defensive line in the NFL. It is. Who are we kidding? And uh, let's see what they're made of. Big game. Biggest game of the year. Two of my points are in agreement with you guys right now, and the first being pressuring Tom Brady, like Sean said. We've seen instances in which – Teams have been effective in producing a good pass rush against Tom Brady. And while Tom Brady is obviously one of the best quarterbacks while being pressured and throwing the football, he still is not perfect. And not every quarterback is going to be able to operate smoothly when being hit. So they need to get in his face. They need to use those playmakers on the defensive line to get after Thomas Brady. And then also what you said, Jake, they need to be smart in slowing down the run game because... Mm -hmm. Even if Tom Brady has to throw the ball on every play for him to win, the odds of that happening and him him being able to win in that situation are pretty likely because Tom Brady is that good. But if you make things harder for him and you make things easy in the sense that you don't stop the run, then he doesn't have to do as much work. He's over the hump. He's 40 years old, over 40 years old. Now that he's on the older end of his career, the less he has to do, the better. And I think that's why they have transition towards leaning on James White and Sony Michelle. I mean, they have a, a stable of running backs that can hurt you inside the tackles, outside the tackles. So Rex Burkhead, too. It, it just depends Depends on what the Pats' game plan is, and it depends how they're going to play, how the Rams deep at the Rams going to play. Joe, they've done that the entire time Tom Brady has been in New England. I know, but they've done they, it with Danny Woodhead. They've done it with they Kevin Falk. Tra- every running can back you that agree that had. they've transitioned a little bit more towards a run-first offense? I'd say there's been games where it's always been, been running, running back centered. They've I'm, always I'm been running back centered, that whether it be catching the ball or rushing it. Having a run game opens up the pass game, and mm-hmm. it's just you need to have a run game in the NFL. Even though this day and age NFL is going more towards airing the ball out, it just goes to show that running the ball is extremely effective. Another key thing, and I think you can both agree here, is that the Rams need to do a good job of keeping the ball out of Tom Brady's hands, and. The only way you're going to really do that is dominating time and possession, slowing the game down, and that's what the, the Patriots did coming into the game. What are you guys smirking about? <laughs> I could just hear Jake opening his bottle very oh. quietly, <laughs> trying to do it discreetly um, on the mic. I'm parched. 
Oh, you're always parched when we I'm record. So, <laughs> it's hot in here. It's I'm always to, hot in here. I'm trying to it be is, a pro. It is true. And I just it hear the true. crinkling and <laughs> I was trying to be very discreet about it, but, you know. But what happens. we saw what the Patriots did against the Chiefs, where the whole first quarter, time of possession was dominated by the Patriots, the Rams needed to do the same thing with Tom Brady. They need to keep the ball out of his hands, and I'm sure both of you can agree with that. I just they yeah they need to, but that's not going to happen. Jared Goff is incapable of controlling possession for that long in the game. He just can't make the throws necessary, in my opinion, that Tom Brady is can make to keep a drive going. I don't think they have enough weapons to be able to consistently keep the drive going. Really, you I think don't because you see what the you offense see, doesn't have enough weapons. I'd it's say like I'm on the freaking highway. You're cutting. I'd agree. There. I'd agree. Sorry, dude. You look at the. I just did the fire too, oh, but uh, you, you see what the Patriots do with every single one of their weapons and how they can all be open. One of them could be open on a play. The Rams, it's all very designed, very tactical of who they want to go to. If that person is covered, it's going to be harder for them to execute on offense, making it harder for them to continue a long drive. I don't think that they have the similar style for all mm-hmm. for long drive play. I see what you're saying, but. If you just look at the personnel that the Rams have, I understand what you're saying as far as their their approach, but if you just look at the personnel overall, you have um, Robert Woods, who was a 1,300-yard receiver, 100 yard receiver. You have, um, oh, my God, I'm blanking. Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks, who was also a 1,300-yard receiver. They were hovering around the 90s in receptions, but you also get Tyler Higby. You have uh, Everett, also a tight, end and, a tight end. I mean, they're decent tight ends, but you also have C.J. Anderson. You have Todd Gurley. You also have Josh Neither Reynolds. Neither of them can catch a pass. Right, let, me, let, me, let me tell I'm you this. saying that they, they, they have options to go to. Let me tell you this. The Patriots shut down Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Shut them down. They're going to do, the th- do the same thing to Cooks, and they're going to make Goff throw to Robert Woods. And I don't think that's a bad thing, though, if they end up throwing the ball to Robert Woods. If the Rams still had Cooper Cup, I'd be worried yeah. about the weapons, but they, do, I do they don't. That. They don't. Their running backs can't catch, Joe. New England's can. That gives another life to each play if your running back can catch the ball, extending a longer drive. <clears throat> no, I'm, oh, it's not true. that I'm discrediting your point, but the it's down. interesting you say that Todd Gurley can't catch. He, he obviously, yeah, he, he played poorly against the Saints, but he's also. Everyone talks about him being one of the best all you know, like all purpose running backs in I the NFL. I still think he's the best. But he can't catch. He had two drops. He's still and, the best. He's still leagues yeah, better. Than but Saquon. I do I do agree with you that I don't think that I think Saquon's a much better pass catcher, but we're not gonna get into right, that. Also, the Quan Patriots stinks. stopped Patrick Mahomes from beating them. If they stop Patrick Mahomes, they can stop Jared Goff. But re- in reality it all comes down to what is Sean McVay going to come up with. That's it. Now, on the other end of the ball, the Patriots obviously have one of the most talented coaches in scheming and game planning in Bill Belichick. You also have Josh McDaniels, and you also have Brian Flores, who are two of the best assistants in the NFL as well at the offense and defensive coordinator positions. What are your game plans so far, Sean? What do you think the game plan is for the Patriots? Uh, be more disciplined is my first note that I would put on the board if I was the head coach of the Patriots because you see that the Rams are just dying to lose the game on penalties they're just not disciplined enough in that area of the game uh, and then run the ball outside the tackles well you're not going to be able to run it inside 
the 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 two guards of the Patriots in the center are going to have a long day against the Rams interior. So you got to be able to get some outside zone action, maybe reverses, figure out a way to get the ball out. Those three interior offensive linemen for the Pats have been absolutely phenomenal this year. Arguably, they're not going to they're not going to shut down the. I I, I think they're going to have a tough time as well, but I'm there might be more of a running game than you think. Not in the interior. Well. My Patriots game plan is for the Patriots to establish a run game. I think that's crucial to keeping the clock moving and just keeping the drives going. And Brady will find a way to get in the end zone, but he's got to control possession and find a way to run the ball. Got to find a way. For me, I think the key here is making Jared Goff be the one who has to win the football game. And as much as I like to support Jared Goff, and before the season I was saying he was going to take that next step this season – he is not a guy that I'm confident in a Super Bowl setting is going to be able to dominate a football game. He's going to need a lot of help. He played really well in the NFC Championship game against the Saints, but he's going to need plenty of help for him to succeed and for him to do well. And the way you're going to do that is just shutting down the run game. Do not let Todd Gurley get going exactly like the Saints did. And if C.J. Anderson's going to take over and run the ball, don't let him get that, that many yards. Limit him in that you know 60 to 70 range and keep Todd Gurley out of the game as much as you can. I 100% agree. You think you trust Jared Goff with the ball in his hands with a minute left? And Todd Gurley has shown he gets frustrated very, very easily. We saw it against the Saints. I mean, he was willing to admit he played poorly, but he looked visibly frustrated that he wasn't able to perform at his best level. Sean. You don't think so? He looked pretty calm on the sidelines, Joe. I mean, he looked as about— I, He was he was as stretching. What Sean. do you do on the sides of the sidelines? You were— you stretch yeah, I'm more than him. I'm constantly nervous. <laughs> I'm freaking the hell out. A, a minute 30 left. Do you trust Jared Goff to drive your team down the field and get points on the board? Yes. Really? I would trust him, but I'm obviously picking Tom Brady way over picking Jared Goff. He did I think Jared time. Yeah, Jared Goff's in the top half of quarterbacks that I would trust, but he's obviously not at the top of that list. I agree. He's a, I think he's a good quarterback, but he's going up against Goliath and Bill Belichick. I mean, that's a tough mountain to climb, and I don't think he'll be able to do it. Sean, you pointed out in saying that this interior defensive line for the Rams is huge for the Patriots game plan, and I also decided to throw that in there in the sense that if they try to run the ball up the middle way too much, they're going to get way too frustrated with trying to do that. It's just not going to work. You have two of the best interior defensive linemen in the league. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I was I, trying it, to throw it you wasn't, a... I mean, it, <laughs> and that was like an oop at my knees there, Joe. You just okay. kind of sum, summarized it. Okay. Well, what do you think about these two defensive linemen in Sue and Aaron Donald? I'm almost sick of talking about how great they are at this point. <laughs> like, honestly. Well, your dad disagrees that they're not the greatest defensive line pairing. I got gotcha. you. I mean, it's really <laughs> hard to beat the minister and Jerome Brown. Really hard. All right. But Sue and Donald beat them. I agree. Now that we have our game plan decided, who are we picking to win this game? What is your score and what is your reasoning? 31-21 New England. I was even going to go a, a bigger deficit than that. I was going to go 30, really? I was going to go 31-17, but you know, I don't want to Look like a jack wagon on on the on the podcast. So I'm just gonna I'm keeping it a little safe. But I think the Patriots are. I great, mean, to be clear, it's a great. It, whoever here is wrong, 
we're going to roast. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. So like, no, if we're both wrong, you have full go to come at us next week. So I'm, I'm coming I'm coming 31-21 because I, th- I think they're going to win, and I think they're going to win by more than a touchdown, but 31-21 is a safe bet. I had the Rams by three. Final score prediction, 34-31. I think the Patriots are going to take the lead real early in this one. I think Stephon Gilmore is going to be shutting down everyone that he goes against on defense. I think the Rams are going to look exactly like they did in New Orleans. It will be a slaughtering in the first half for the Rams, and then somehow they'll be able to pull it out, and they'll get that win. Yeah, I'm curious. How do you think they're going to pull it out? You said that Gilman's going to lock them down. Where do you see the Rams having success in this Defenses game? Defenses get tired, and I think this offense is really fast, and they're going to be able to stay through and stay solid the entire game. That's how. Defenses get tired. So the Defenses Rams, get tired, yeah. The Rams defense is going to get tired, and Tom Brady's going to do his thing. too bang. freaky. But that, that Rams uh, yeah. defense is too fast. But you have to take into account that the weaker defense in this game is obviously the Patriots. I agree. And okay. once they start to diminish and get tired – and start to lack what they were able to do in the first few quarters of the game, it's going to be a lot easier for them to move the ball. It's going to be a lot, lot easier. I agree. If a Rams defense gets tired, Ooh. it's still playing at a higher level than the Patriots. All right, let me ask you this. Here what we is, go. What is the halftime score? Question time. Uh, Oof. Let's go. The Patriots are definitely going to be up at halftime. Patriots will be up at halftime. Let's go 14 to, like, 6. Yeah. I can see that. I, I see a slow start for the Rams in the first half. It's probably two field goals or one. Or it's 14-10. They score a touchdown right with like 30 seconds left yeah. in the second half. And but it, they, they are slow in the first half. And there's going to be two really easy scores, possibly three for the Patriots. I can just guarantee that. Everyone's going to be freaking out and talking about how the Patriots are going to win. You can bet that social media is going to be bugging at halftime, whatever the score is. But my score prediction that I have. Hot take. Is yeah, honestly, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> My score prediction is thirty to twenty-seven in favor of the Rams. I hate that that we keep thinking the same way because we even have a same score deficit, and we also picked the last two championship round games as the same scores, but or not same scores, but same outcomes. But my logic behind this here is that I think that the Rams' defensive line is just way too good. I think that they're going to create so many problems. For Tom Brady, as much as they're able to take out some of these elite defensive players out of games and slow them down, there's just too many guys. Because even if you slow down Aaron Donald and the Domikong Sue, you also have to slow down Dante Fowler. And Michael Brockers. And Michael Brockers. There's just enough talent that if one guy gets taken out of the game, someone else is going to have a big day. And in addition to that, I just think that the Rams offense has enough weapons that they're not going to be completely shut down on the offensive side of the ball. So whoever's targeted and that guy that the Patriots want to remove from the equation, whoever he is, there's enough people that might be able to pick up the slack. And that's going to be key for them if they're going to end up winning. Honestly, it'll be a really good game. These teams match up. It's a very interesting matchup. So excited to see it. So we'll see what happens. There's also the NFL Honors this weekend, which is going to be on Saturday at 9 o'clock, February 2nd. There's tons of awards. Sean and I started bickering over the ordering of this. So annoying. We're going to go in this, this weird order that was kind of a compromise between me and Sean. The first award that is on this list, and we're, we're not going to be answering all of them because some of them we don't really have any say in, like Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. 
that's something that we don't really have any connection with. We don't really know what these guys are doing behind the scenes except for some minute things. But defensive player of the year, who is your who's your pick? You know, I'm going to go it's between Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack. I'm just going to give it to Khalil Mack even though Aaron Donald's going to win it. I'm just I think that Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack in the games that I saw him playing was just completely dominant. I mean, he had 12.5 sacks and six forced fumbles. And he was a force to be reckoned with, but to, if I if I, I think it's going to go with Aaron Donald, but I want Khalil Mack to win it. My defensive player of the year is the man that the Redskins should have taken, the 14th overall pick, Derwin James, safety for the Los Angeles Chargers. Don't worry, folks. Aaron Donald's name will be mentioned later on from me. <laughs> Derwin James, You're like a mad scientist, he accumulated. <laughs> 75 tackles, three and a half sacks, seven quarterback hits, three interceptions, and 13 passes defended. All-around stud, all-pro. Eat your heart out, Dan Snyder. You missed an all-pro safety. He is the defensive player of the year. He does more than anybody. I just have to pick Aaron Donald in this situation no matter what. The man is a defensive tackle, an interior defensive lineman, and he had 20 and a half sacks. He was a few sacks shy of breaking the sack record, and he also broke the record for defensive tackles in sacks in a season. That is just incredible production from a guy up in the middle. And, oh, by the way, he's also an incredible run defender, too. He's the heartbeat of this Rams defense. And, honestly, without them, without him, I don't know if it would be the same. I think you can both agree with me on that one. Honestly, I don't even know why I said Khalil Mack. Aaron Donald's going to win it. It, it, I I think we can all agree it's going to be Aaron Donald. He's had back-to-back you incredible think, years. You think Derwin James is going to win the defensive MVP over He, he Aaron just Donald? wants to make his crazy take in a couple questions. Actually, the last one, he wants to be able oh, to Oh, it's a crazy his... take? I don't think it's oh, crazy, it's a cra- You want to get into it right now? Happen. You want to see? No, you wanna get crazy? It's very hot. We're going <laughs> <laughs> to get... Did you just say it's very hot? I did. Very hot take. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like... Never mind. All right. Defensive Rookie of the Year. It's also hot as well. <laughs> I thought that's what you were hinting at. Defensive Rookie of the Year has some huge names boiling coming here. with it. Arguably one of the best rookie classes we've seen in the past few years. And the guys that we have on this list, we have two of the same, one different. Who do you have? Who do we have? Me and Sean, you know, the heartbeat of this podcast. And uh, high five. Heartbeat. And um, <laughs> I, I'm going to say dairy- every time you guys say that, I'm going to say it again. I have the login. Okay, producer boy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> And the defensive rookie of the year goes to Darius Leonard. He's just an absolute stud. I mean, he had 155 tackles as a rookie, which was 23 more than any player in the NFL. And he played for the Colts. I mean, he just came in and just wreaked havoc on offenses throughout the league, and he deserves it. The maniac. I was I was even considering putting him for NFL uh, defensive player of the year. I was thinking about it as well. Maniac had 155 tackles this year. 23 Wait, more. but why do else. you pick Derwin James as your defensive player of the year and then you pick Darius I think Sanders Derwin James does rookie. more. That's why. Derwin James does more. Darius but why wouldn't he qualify for defensive rookie of the year? I just don't understand. I'm just saying. I think he's because he's better than Darius Leonard. Derwin James gets defensive player. Darius Leonard gets defensive rookie. All right, Darius fair. Leonard is a lock for rookie, the defensive rookie. It's a, it's a it's a lock. I do agree with you. I think Darius Leonard had a an incredible year. He was the missing piece that was needed in this Colts 
defense. They really didn't have any good linebackers, mm-hmm. and they've struggled tremendously in stopping the run in their previous season. But Derwin James, the amount of versatility that he's had, he lined up as a pass rusher. He lined up as a linebacker. He lined up as a safety. He did it all for the Chargers. And as much as Darius Leonard was that missing piece, Derwin James was that missing piece, and he helped them take that next bigger step. Because this Chargers defense was elite towards the end of the season. You just kind of made my point for me there, buddy. No, I didn't. In what way? Did. I mean, you said he was better than Darius Leonard. Then you're asking me why Darius Leonard's the defensive rookie of the year. No, I was – whatever. Okay. I don't – That's another tally in the win column. <laughs> offensive – Sean. <laughs> oh, God. I don't even want to read the offensive rookie of the year because you guys both have some asinine picks. But offensive okay. rookie of the year, there really are asinine. only two main guys that I would consider for this. So, Jake, I, I'm honestly questioning your decision-making – in yours mo- more than I am for Sean. How so? Well, tell us who it is. All right, you, uh, you tell me who it is. You, you, it's Philip Lindsay, but why did you pick Philip Lindsay? <laughs> because honestly, before he got hurt, he was putting up great stats. I mean, he 5.4 yards per carry, nine touchdowns. I mean, the, that yards per carry total is among the greats of this game that can cons- consistently produce. I don't know. Philip Lindsay, yards per carry, that's why. 5.4 yards per carry and he actually has more production totals than Saquon Barkley so what do you mean more production totals up top again no 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 no. be more specific what do you mean more production totals you know the QBR there's like a QBR for the running backs and his was higher than Saquon Barkley take that to the bank I don't know where that booyah where that number comes into play literal fact if you I mean if you compare their statistics and also if you look at their highlights it's not even close you just you're comparing stats to highlights yeah no I'm saying yes Saquon Barkley has some good plays all right but some good plays he has incredible plays Philip Lindsay is consistently producing for the Denver for the Denver Broncos so did Saquon Barkley there were a couple games where he was taken out because the New York Giants have an abysmal offensive line and honestly one of the worst coaching staffs in the NFL as far as decision making goes because they chose not to run the football and they threw him the ball 10 times All a right, game. But the Giants have weapons that other teams have to worry about. Who's on the Denver Broncos right now? Well, they had Demarius Thomas. They had Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, who do they but, have But that's now? even that's even more questionable because all they were doing was running the ball with Lindsey. That was all that they were doing. That's all they could do because Kirk Cousins sucks. We know he's terrible. Well, Case Keenum was his quarterback for the Broncos. Or uh, Case Keenum, whatever. Up top for the third time, Jake okay. Fire. He still sucks. Joe, he's terrible. Honestly, You're I'm a fan, of, I'm a fan of Case Keenum. Case Keenum and Case um, Gosh. <laughs> you know what? It happens. Can we get a name right, please, dear <laughs> but, God? Um, <laughs> I do think that Philip Lindsay's production is remarkable. 5.4 yards per carry is similar to Franco Harris and Maurice Jones-Drew and Legends of the game. So he only had a .4 average better than Saquon Barkley, who had a 5.0 game of inches. yards per carry. Game of inches. But it, well, you're also supporting my point here, game of inches. He had more touchdowns, total touchdowns than Lindsey. He had more scrimmage yards. He was the leader in the NFL in scrimmage yards, second in the NFL in NFL rushing yards with 1,300. Philip Lindsey also got injured at the end of the season. So, But I don't think he would have been in the same striking distance in conversation oh, as Saquon. Oh, I think he would have had better numbers which which would have given him a better argument. There have three only more been games, there have only been three running backs to ever earn 2000 yards from scrimmage. I'm calling a timeout here. As a rookie. 
Only three. Can you name and can you name the other two that aren't Saquon? What is it? AP and Eric Alvin Dickerson. Kamara. No, it's Eric Dicker- Dickerson and Alvin Kamara. Um, Edgar and James. Edgerin. Edger and James. Oh my God. Okay, Joe. I'm gonna tally this back to your to your point that you were making about Philip Lindsay getting all the carries and that means that he gets this many yards. No, 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 because Saquon is everything that the Giants had this year, and I don't want to hear you say anything different. Don't well, cla- don't say point. anything that about Sterling Shepard. Don't say anything about OBJ. Don't see anything OBJ was about hurt the whole about year. Evan Ingram. I don't want to hear any of it. Saquon was their entire offense, and they were playing in a weaker division. My Boom. rookie of the year, Baker Mayfield, clear cut. NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's the Q, first of all. 3,725 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, rookie record, hello, 7.7 yards per attempt, and a 64% completion percentage. Took this Browns team and had people watching this Browns team and saying, oh, this team is not a dumpster fire. Bringing swagger back to Cleveland. Everyone still thinks the Giants are a dumpster fire. And they always will be. But the Browns? Oh, hey. Oh, we got this guy, man. Let's he go vacation to Cleveland. He might be the future. Yeah. Let's go. Well, that, <laughs> Let's I mean, go to, yeah, Come on, a, kids. There's a big, di- there's a big difference to the land. between a, a running back's ability to impact a franchise and a quarterback. Saquon Barkley touched the ball every play. That's not even true. If you look at his usage, it's not even. I, I don't. It was obviously it hyperbolic. Cleveland is no longer the mistake by the lake. Eh, it's debatable. Our next pick just next. for awards is Offensive Player of the Year, and it looks like we're all a lot of <laughs> we all. I didn't even look at this before I I went to this one, but it seems like none of us are creative, have our own takes. A lot of consternation here yeah. on, the, on the Offensive Player of the Year. <laughs> Take it away, Joe. Well, I obviously picked, and you two also picked Patrick Mahomes to be the offensive player of the year and for the most obvious reason because he dominated teams this season 5000 yards passing 50 passing touchdowns and then the highlight plays he was able to make in key situations this man was throwing balls without looking he was making sidearm throws like it was nothing and still being on point his ability to transform and take this chiefs team that struggled the past few years with Alex Smith and was not able to take that next step, he was able to lead them to almost an AFC championship win. And that's my reasoning. I mean, I agree he's also the clear-cut winner for offensive MVP, but he also has tons of pieces around him, and he's a great coach. Tyrell Gill, Travis Kelsey. He did obviously get some help, is that what you're saying? Uh, yes. But, uh, Kareem Hunt prior to the incident, but... You know, he deserves it, and he's going to win it. But he had pieces around him. Great foundation. The Chiefs will be very successful for the next 15 years. Yeah, Joe, last episode you had made a remark, an exclamation, rather, after Jake Fire had stated that Patrick Mahomes would win three Super Bowls in his career. And I completely back that. I don't know what you were thinking to doubt that statement. I mean, he's phenomenal. All right, so next we've got a couple more awards to go over, and this one requires a little bit more creativity and insight. Sean, I'm I'm, I'm trusting you the most for this one for obvious reasons, but offensive line of the year, who do you think had the best offensive line this season? I mean, you two are delusional if you think it's not the Cowboys' offensive line. 
I mean, they lose Travis Frederick and they still have the NFL leading rusher. I mean, duh, is the Cowboys. The entire line is phenomenal. You lose the best center in the game, the best center in the game, and you still have Ezekiel Elliott rushing for the most yards. My logic behind picking, and I picked the Baltimore Ravens, my Jeez. only logic between Dude, that, because you love Ronnie uh-huh. Stanley because he went to Notre Dame. We no, get it. No, that's not why. No, no, no. Yeah, we get it. Dude. I love Marshall Yonda, too. I think oh, Orlando Brown looked very good. Well, who doesn't season. love Marshall Yonda? Yeah, yeah but the thing against the Ravens, but they choked it in the playoffs. My logic, Their offensive line my choked logic in the playoffs. behind the numbers was that they had the one of the top rushing offenses in the league, and they also had one of the fewest allowed QB hits out of any team. So that requires a lot to be able to protect a quarterback in passing situations. Yeah. Obviously you have Lamar Jackson, but you yep. also had Joe Flacco for a point in time. Mm-hmm. But also being able to run the ball that effectively is very important. Right, because they protected Lamar Jackson so well versus the Chargers in the uh, playoffs, that, right? That, okay, they the, looked like the freaking landslide like that, that game. they took. I don't yeah. want to hear it. Right, you guys not. are you guys are both wrong. The clear cut offensive line telling me I'm wrong? is the New Orleans Saints. I think we need a board drill. First of all, that rushing offense rushed for over 2,000 yards this season and had the fewest QB hits in the NFL and the true job of an offensive line is to protect their quarterback with 52 hits. That's it. 50, Drew Brees got hit 52 times. That offensive line is doing their job in the run game and they're doing their job protect, protecting Drew Brees. And Drew Brees also has one of the quickest releases in the NFL, so it's a little harder to hit the guy if the ball's already out. Regardless, still. Not regardless. No, it's another factor as to why he had such few quarterback hits. Quarterbacks that hold on to the ball longer will have more quarterback hits. I mean, you look at the list, you want to reverse it, see who had the most quarterback hits, then you will find out those were the quarterbacks that likely hold on the ball for the longest time. Right, would you say? Would you say you said the Colts had a very high amount of quarterback hits, right? They and had a higher amount of quarterback hits and only allowed eighteen sacks. That's All because right. Luck is known to hold on the ball longer than he should. Does Mahomes hold on to the ball, or does he get rid of it quick? I'd say he's medium. I'd say, I mean, if he's going to sling it, he's going to hold it a little longer. But I mean, they don't really have many quick dink and duck. Joe, does he hold it passes. or does he keep it? Does he hold it or get rid of it quick? He gets it out pretty Why quick. Why are you trying to argue with me on this? Ready? The Saints' offensive line is not better than the Cowboys. Because Pat Mahomes got hit 106 times. 106 times. As much as I love this heated, heated discussion, we do have a couple more awards to go over. Oh, yeah, because we can't wait to and get to assistant coach of the year. Jake, <laughs> Jake, you're telling me that you'd take all five Saints offensive linemen over all five Cowboys offensive linemen without Travis, Travis Frederick? Is that what you're speaking to me right now? I'm just saying that the Saints offensive line performed at the offensive line of the year caliber level this season. I'll give him number two. Joe, come back with something stronger next time if we're going to talk OL. Ravens, enough. Yeah, that, come on. Come back player Gosh. of the year for <laughs> any player that had to go through any type of adversity. And I, st- I constantly question your decision-making in this one, Sean. But any type of guy that dealt with any adversity that might have prevented him from playing a majority of last season and was able to come back and dominate and ball out. Jake, who was your comeback player of the year? I'm with you on this one. You said Andrew Luck? I did. First time we agreed. And how come? Um, no, we agreed with Patrick Mahomes too. I mean, he just he came back, injured all last season, and he brought the Indianapolis Colts to the playoffs, and they won a game. I mean, they made it to the conference championship, and you know that's 
that's about as far as that team was going to go, and I'm very impressed with what they did. I just look at his stats, too, though. He had 4,500 passing yards and then a second-best in the league, 39 passing touchdowns, and he was pretty much most of their offense. Their receiving core is really not that great. Best receiver in that core is T.Y. Hilton, and then below that is Dontrell Inman. I mean, Eric Ebron's pretty solid, Eric too. Ebron played very, very well, and you question who was more responsible for him having a good year. Was it Eric Ebron, or was it Andrew Luck? Got to give it to Luck. Got to give it to Luck. Got to give it to Luck. Now, I, Sean, why? Just why? I honestly, I like that. I like what you chose. Oh, I, my uh, name's Joe DeLeon. But my name's Jake is, Fire. I think Andrew Luck is cool because I see him in a Civil War Twitter where he talks old-fashioned, <laughs> and then he's on the Colts, who are kind of inoffensive to me, so that makes him comeback player of the year because his shoulder was hurt. No, no, no. I just a- backed you up. Adrian Peterson is the comeback player of the year. Love that pick. What Why, did, though? What, what do you mean? Why? What did he, he come from? He stopped the Redskins from going 2-14 and 14 this year. Who are you gonna have run the ball aside from him, Samaje P. Ryan? But no, just because he wait, wait, just because he, uh, oh, he had because, like a mediocre oh, year last oh. year and got cut by the Saints that qualifies you. Andrew Luck missed a year and a half because of a neck injury. People were saying he wasn't gonna play the football, the game of football again. And so Adrian Peterson puts out a moderately decent season for an older quarterback uh, that uh, qualifies running back, him running for back. running back. Jesus. That qualifies him for. Comeback, the emphasis on the word comeback, yes. player of the year. Yeah, uh, Adrian it's Peterson. Terrible year last year. And you're going to tell me him at 33, year olds, 33 years old putting up 1,042 uh, r- rushing yards, 4.2 yards per carry? Are you kidding me? Seven touchdowns, receiving touchdown, 208 receiving yards. And you're going to say Andrew Luck is a better comeback story? I think story he had a better after, season. After even such a down year that he that. had, uh, after all that nonsense in New Orleans and Arizona? I think regardless, statistically, looking at it. Statistically? What, what did Luck do that, that he hadn't done he had earlier in his 4, career? Okay, but he had to come back from an injury. That's the whole point we're trying to get to. Just because Adrian Peterson was with a It had been team. a while since we've seen that production from Andrew Luck. Yes, it, it was been a, a while. year Adrian and a Peterson half. Adrian Peterson was having neck injuries last year also. It was also. a year and a half. He had neck injuries last year. Okay. What, happen- what happens then? I still. I mean, to be uh, fair. Andrew Luck can play for it, 10 more years. Adrian Peterson's got maybe one or two. Adrian Peterson was on two teams. They just didn't play him. You know, is that a comeback? I mean. No, I don't, I don't think it qualifies for one. We have two more <laughs> awards left. We're skipping assistant coach of the year because nobody cares. Just give your just, coach just state of the year. Fine, coach my team. assistant coach of the year, Brian Flores, defensive coordinator for the Patriots. Jake Dante Scornecchia. That's uh, a fantastic um, offensive line coach for the go. Patriots. Scratch Tom Manning. Dante Scornecchia is my uh, assistant coach. Of the I year. honestly think I would put Scornecchia too. Or the uh, Colts offensive line coach, despite him getting fired, blanking on his name. High fives all around. Coach of the year, Andy (laughs) Reid is my guy just for being able to transform this Chiefs team with a second-year quarterback and be a dominant force in the AFC, the number one overall seed. Who did you pick? I completely agree. I had Andy Reid. I think he overcame adversity really well when he loses his – top five running back in the league in ty- uh, Kareem Hunt and he's able to, to rally and get other running backs in there and continue up the workload and get wins. I think he did a phenomenal job this year. Hot take, Matt Nagy, head coach of the That's not Chicago a hot take. Bears. That's not a hot take. I know, but I, th- I do think 
You didn't think of it. I, I, he he deserved it. They should have. They should have won the wild card round. You know, Cody Parkey. You know that whole thing. But what are you gonna do? Bears went twelve and four, and all four games they lost were less than seven points. Lost to the Pats by seven, Packers by one, and the Dolphins and Giants both by three. And he took a team to the playoffs that's historically in a very tough conference, and uh, went. It was just a great production from him. I do agree with Nagy as someone I would pick for this. There's a couple guys that are, are probably in the conversation that could be picked for Coach of the Year. The final award and the most important one, and the one that Sean is getting geared up for here, is the MVP. Jake, who do you have? I'm going to give to Drew Brees. He's been he's been doing it for a while. I mean, seventy four point four completion rate. That's that's ridiculous. He's almost completing seventy five percent of his passes. Four thousand yards, thirty two touchdowns, five interceptions. It's consistency. I mean, he's putting the ball in the right spot, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah, I mean, and arguably they should be in the Super Bowl, but we're not having that conversation right now. But uh, Drew Brees MVP. My pick was Patrick Mahomes, and I stated all of his numbers earlier. But his ability to take over games and lead this Chiefs team and help them get to that next level is a lot on his ability and his character as a player. Now, Sean, the only reason why I am not going anywhere near Aaron Donald is because the NFL will never pick a defensive MVP. It's just the, it's just how it works. Aaron Donald even said it. Aaron Donald even said that they're probably not going to pick pick a defensive MVP just because this of, game is more offensive. Yeah, it's they're only going to pick quarterbacks, just how it works or if a running back has an incredible year. Does Aaron Donald look like a joke to you too? <laughs> no. Does he look like a joke? Did you see his Snapchat story uh, no, today? No, he, he looks he like the looked, he looks like the defensive MVP to he me. He looked like the incredible Hulk. That's what the picture said. He That's maybe had that. he maybe had 1% muscle, uh body fat. He is the biggest freak in this game that we have. Why don't you take him out to dinner? I'd love to. <laughs> Provide Good. me the opportunity to, and I will. I mean, Sean's bigger than him. That's a random note. Is he? Are you? He's heavy. Aaron, Aaron Donald's like six feet tall. Yeah, he's six foot two ninety. Look, he's, he's the feet. Aaron Donald he's is the MVP. Feet. He's the MVP of this league. He has done more in this season than I believe any other defensive tackle has ever done in a season. The most productive season from any defensive tackle. You can't say that Breeze had the most productive season for his position, nor can you say Completion-wise, you could. 74.4%. Aaron Donald is the most elite player in this league. He has the least amount of flaws, and he is the most valuable player to his team. I think that if the Chiefs still had Alex Smith, they would have lost in the AFC Championship round again. You're telling me Drew Brees isn't the most valuable player in the Saints? I'd say Alvin Kamara. Is more valuable than Drew Brees. Yes. That is a hot take. Is it? That is, is it a hot really take. a hot take? Yes. All right. How is it not? I'm just saying Aaron Donald is the most valuable player in the NFL. Joe, you wait one moment. We're wait we're late for class. <laughs> I don't care. Reyes can wait. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll tell him it's uh extra practice. I, I, okay. think I, I think I'm done. Okay. Because you just you're infuriating, well, infuriating me. That is going to be it for us at Get to the Point. Check us out on Twitter at GTTP Podcast. Follow us on SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, you name it. Podcast app. Search Get to the Point and listen in. Thank you for tuning in.
And whoever makes a pick of the closest game, you send you send a DM, I'll buy a pizza, kicks a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Take up take up Jake on that offer. 